WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 9th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center showers. In the morning, steady rain in the afternoon, going to see some high winds too. the high 49. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 33 and partly cloudy in Rye up in Westchester County, uh, 34 and partly cloudy in Bordentown in New Jersey. And it is 33 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. Lots to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, sit and friends in the morning. The big story of the day today is going to be this second winter storm that's moving in. The weekend, of course, bringing snow to some, rain to most. This one is going to be an all-rain event. And there's just lots of worries about flooding across the tri-state. A flood watch is up for parts of the tri-state with this winter storm set to hit the region starting later today we could see between two to four inches of rain between now and tomorrow morning points north and west where there's already heavy snowpack they could see rivers and streams crest above a flood stage with this extra rain wind gusts that's going to be issue as well as high as 60 miles per hour Along the coast, they could be as high as 40 miles per hour here in the city. New Jersey issuing a state of emergency effective at 5 o'clock this afternoon. National Weather Service meteorologist Dominic Ramuni telling us when we can expect the worst of this storm. I think once we get past that, maybe that 9 p.m. hour uh, in, into the early overnight, that's when we'll see the peak of the uh, wind as well as far as uh, the heavy rain uh, strong winds, perhaps gusts, like I mentioned, 50 to 60 miles an hour along the coast, uh, really going to be uh, uh, rocking and rolling out there tomorrow evening. Yeah, of course, the issue, of course, is the rain and the flooding. Uh, Dominic, though, saying the wind going to be a big issue, too. So scattered down trees, uh, power lines could certainly lead to power outages uh, on top of the potential for flooding. And so many of the local politicians, local lawmakers over the last couple of days talking about what the flooding might do. Uh, Dominic watching the rivers and the streams from the National Weather Service. Stream flows are, are running fairly high and you throw two to three inches on top of that. Uh, perhaps locally four inches of rain through Wednesday morning. We're probably going to be dealing with some flood issues as we go through uh, tomorrow evening and into Wednesday as well. Mayor Adams issuing a travel advisory uh, ahead of today's storm. We're issuing a travel advisory beginning tomorrow night, and we have activated the city's flash flood emergency plan. Yeah, we were watching on yesterday. City crews clearing some 150,000 catch basins that are prone to flooding, especially during heavy rains. Transit officials also watching the weather, especially after the heavy rain in the Bronx in late September shut down Metro North for a while. The MTA ready to order restrictions on bridges if necessary due to the rain and the high winds. We'll find that out later in the day. Governor Hochul says flash flooding will be a big concern all across the state. This will be an emergency. It will be serious. And we're urging all New Yorkers to exercise extreme caution at this time. I've said before, the vast majority of deaths during extreme flooding events come from individuals stuck in their cars. If you live in an area that typically floods, and much of our state is in flood zones, 
Take some time to put together a go bag. Governor Murphy sounding the same alarm in New Jersey. State of emergency going into effect 5 o'clock with this heavy rain in the forecast. Held a press conference yesterday. We've seen with Ida and other storms that a lot of rain, high winds, and flooding can cause not just a lot of damage, but put lives at risk. Yeah, and of course the issue here is these two to four inches of rain, short period of time. There's another storm coming in Friday. He's urging people, you know, to take their precaution, be careful, uh, report outages. I mean, people would do that anyway. But. I would just say this is one I would strongly, strongly, strongly encourage folks to not uh, underestimate. Some of our rivers may reach a moderate or major flood stage and will remain elevated through the week, which is why we are even more concerned about Friday and Sunday than we otherwise would have been. Cars can be swept away, and it happens in an instant, and sadly, we saw it, including loss of life during Ida. And what's so intense is you'll remember back in December, right before Christmas, these towns in northern New Jersey were slammed so hard with flooding. Uh, you had uh, Little Falls, Patterson, Wayne. Well, they're looking at this, and they're saying this could happen again. The Passaic River could uh crest water could go back into these towns the mayor in little falls worried about that everybody's on high alert there's certainly more concern in the atmosphere here in town Uh, of course we're hoping for the best but we're being absolutely prepared for the worst and people in little falls trying to get ready uh, putting in sandbags i picked up some groceries here yeah just to ensure that we do have enough that can get us by we're getting ready because uh, we don't know we already had the flood yeah i mean what happened last time they were surrounded by water many had to be rescued from their homes others you know just lose everything right before Christmas. The residents that still have no powers on those houses and where are we going to put them? Yeah, and they're not even done cleaning up, by the way. It was just a couple weeks ago. If you go to these neighborhoods where the flooding took place, there are just huge containers filled with, uh, you know, furniture that's just ruined. Same in Fairfield, watching on yesterday, as people were filling up sandbags, hoping to stop the water from hitting their homes. This time we'll be more prepared. Last time we didn't even come here for the sandbags. These past couple weeks, flooding has been crazy. I've lived there since 2015, so now we're getting sandbags and trying to protect the house. As last time, we it was a close call Christmas Eve. We were about one inch off of our, our subfloor. Yes, so people yesterday busy preparing. I imagine we'll see the same this morning just before the storm comes in. The latest predictions we have, they're talking about 21.9 feet, which would be higher than we were in December. We were at 21.52. She's okay. talking about the Passaic River there. A couple of times this year, just come halfway up my driveway. I'd rather have him and not need him than need him and not have him. And in Patterson, Mayor Andre Saya says he's getting everybody ready there. They had an issue with the flooding, of course, during December as well. We are preparing the barricades to close off the streets. So they've been loaded onto DPW trucks, trucks, Department of Public Works. We also have our swift boats ready for rescue operations in the event we have to rescue residents. Okay, so here's what we know. Flood watch issued for New Jersey, parts of New York and Pennsylvania ahead of this storm that will start later today and last until early Wednesday. The combination of two to four inches of rain along with the saturated ground, that melting snowpack could mean some really widespread flooding. We're going to watch this. Of course, there's also a high wind watch for Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island and the Jersey Shore. So expect down trees and power outages in these areas as winds could gust. This will be mostly tomorrow between 40 and 60 miles per hour. So keep it here. 
Air 77 WABC will have the latest on this new storm. WABC News Time 509. Let's go down to Texas. At least 21 injured in an explosion at a hotel in downtown Fort Worth. Fire Department says the cause under investigation, but they think it's a gas leak to blame. We have been working in collaboration with the ATF, the FBI, with our arson and bomb division as well. More than two dozen of the rooms at the Sandman Signature Fort Worth Hotel occupied at the time of the explosion. Some of the victims found in the basement had to be rescued. One of the injured is in critical condition. We did extract several people from the basement that weren't able to get out on their own at that point in time. Here's the mayor of Fort Worth. You know, it's heartbreaking for downtown Fort Worth, of course. And um, at this point, well, our hearts are really our hearts and prayers are with the victims um, at area hospitals. It's a beautiful building that was just recently renovated and opened. And so um, we'll work with the ownership of that building uh, as quickly as possible as soon as it's, it's structurally sound enough to do so. And again, they think it was a gas leak that caused that explosion. 510, former President Trump expected to appear in court today over charges he tried to interfere with the 2020 election. White House reporter attorney John Decker says there's a lot on the line inside the D.C. appeals court. This will decide whether Donald Trump is immune from criminal charges. That is the contention of Donald Trump's lawyers. Justice Department Special Counsel Jack Smith believes Trump's immunity logic would allow a president to commit crimes without consequence. Trump faces criminal felony counts, including obstructing an official proceeding and could face jail time if convicted. He says that there's nothing in the Constitution that supports the idea that a former president should not be subject to federal criminal law. But that correspondent John Decker does not see a whole lot of hope for Trump in this case. I believe that Donald Trump's lawyers have a very weak argument. I believe that he will lose. Let's go down to South Carolina. That's where the president was yesterday, laying out what he says is at stake in the 2024 race for the White House. This is a time of choosing. So let us choose the truth. Let us choose America. The president delivering remarks yesterday at the Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina, where a white supremacist, as you'll remember this, killed nine worshipers back in 2015. He spoke out against white supremacy, claimed that the truth is under assault in our country. He attacked Donald Trump over the former president's false claims the 2020 election were stolen. Oh, it is. It's a poison throughout our history. It's ripped this nation apart. It says no place in America, not today, tomorrow, or ever. Without the truth, there's no light. Without light, there's no path from this darkness. MAGA Republicans, led by a defeated president, is trying to steal history now. They tried to steal an election, now they're trying to steal history. In their world, these Americans, including you, don't count. But that's not the real world. That's not democracy. That's not America. Protesters, meanwhile, uh, you know, uh, interrupted this speech yesterday. These were pro-Palestinian protesters calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Those who were there to see the president were chanting four more years, trying to drown them out.
those uh, those demonstrators were eventually escorted out. 513, the door plug that was blown out of an Alaska Airlines plane over the weekend en route from Portland, Oregon to Ontario, apparently slipped out of position. An NTSB investigator says that allowed the explosive decompression and that uh, refrigerator-sized piece to fall off the plane as they uh, a few minutes after takeoff. The exam to date has shown that the door, in fact, did translate upward. All 12 stops became disengaged, allowing it to blow out of the fuselage. The door plug was supposed to be held in place with four bolts, but those bolts were missing. They're not really sure why. They don't know if they were gone because of an accident or if they weren't installed. The door on the other side of the aircraft did have bolts, and they were not loose. And we don't know if they were there or if, again, they came out during... Uh, the uh, violent explosive um, decompression event. That's the NTSB chair who says they're not going to jump to any conclusions yet about what happened. We have to follow the evidence and see where it takes us. Right now, we're focused on this one, but we can go broader at any time. In a wild moment, of course, everybody was okay on that flight, which is sort of amazing. An iPhone that was sucked out of the plane when things went out that uh, refrigerator-sized hole on Friday. One of them uh, was, uh, actually two of them were iPhones, and one of them apparently survived the 16,000-foot fall. Washington resident Sean Bates posted on X over the weekend that he found the phone on the side of the road, still in airplane mode, and open to a baggage claim email from the airline. He said he called the National Transportation Safety Board, which said it was the second phone from the plane to be found. In the photo, the phone seems to be in good condition, and Bates said it was still pretty clean, no scratches on it, and sitting under a bush when he found it. I'm Mark Mayfield. That's yeah, amazing. Good commercial for the iPhone that it would fall 16,000 feet to the ground and not be damaged. President Biden says he has complete confidence in Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who's currently in the hospital. The number one thing right now is for him. Uh, we want to see him get well and back at the Pentagon. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre there telling reporters that Biden spoke to Austin by phone on Saturday. Austin facing a ton of criticism over his lack of transparency over his hospital say. The Pentagon on Friday announced Austin was admitted to Walter Reed on January 1st for complications following a recent elective medical procedure. But senior defense officials in the White House were apparently not made aware of Austin's hospitalization until several days after he was admitted. National Security Council Council spokesman John Kirby says the administration will review processes and procedures to see if any changes are needed to be made. Very good conversation. And, and again, you know, the president appreciate uh, Austin's statement uh, and taking full responsibility here. We'll take a look at uh, process and procedure here and uh, try to learn from this experience. And if there's some changes that need to be made, uh, we'll do that. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noah Malayden. Start here on the gridiron at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas, where Blake Corum ran for 134 yards and two fourth-quarter touchdowns as Jim Harbaugh and number 1 Michigan undeterred by suspensions and a sign-stealing case that shadowed the program. Completed a three-year climb to a national championship by beating number two Washington 34-13 last night in the college football playoff title game. The Wolverines sealed their first national title since 1997 when Corum, who scored the winning touchdown in overtime to beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl semifinal, blasted in from the one-yard line with three and a half minutes left to put Michigan up by 21 and all but sealed the victory. 
after nine seasons coaching his alma mater and his third consecutive playoff appearance. Harbaugh delivered the title so many expected when he took over a struggling powerhouse in 2015, despite missing six regular season games this season while serving those aforementioned suspensions. Michigan ran for 303 yards against Washington last night, and their defense held Michael Penix, Penix, I should say, Jr., and the Huskies a prolific passing game to just one touchdown while intercepting the Heisman Trophy runner-up twice. Penix's remarkable six-year college career ended with maybe his worst performance of the season. Usually unfazed by pressure, Penix was not nearly as precise against a Michigan defense that took away his signature deep throws. He finished 27 for 51 for 255 uh, yards and a touchdown. Congrats to the University of Michigan Wolverines, their 2023-2024 to college football national champions there. On the ice at the Garden here locally, the Rangers returned to action only to get doubled up by the Vancouver Canucks 6-3. Vincent Trocek had two goals, and Artemi Panarin also scored for the Rangers, who lost their second straight for just the second time this season. Alexi Lafreniere had two assists as well. The Rangers were coming off a 4-3 shootout loss at Montreal on Saturday. Their only previous consecutive losses were uh, December 5th and December 9th, when they fell on the road to Ottawa and Washington, respectively. They'll have a couple of days off here to mull over the losses until returning to the ice on Thursday night in St. Louis. Tonight, it'll be the Islanders' turn uh, to take a swipe at the aforementioned Canucks. That uh, puck will drop at 7.30 p.m. tonight in Elmont. In the NBA, no local action last night. The Knicks will be back at it tonight for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off at the Garden against the Portland Trailblazers. That's Sports Dump, and I'm Justin Elk on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 520. Let's go down to the Texas-Mexico border. The head of Homeland Secretary, the Homeland Secretary back on the Texas border, Alejandro Mayorkas, calling on Congress to act at a time when illegal immigration is just surging. We need more asylum officers and immigration judges so that we can resolve asylum claims quickly. There were more than 30,000 arrests of illegal immigrants in December alone. That was a record. The visit to Eagle Pass yesterday comes just two days before the House Homeland Security Committee plans to hold a hearing about Mayorkas' potential impeachment. We need more Border Patrol agents and more case processors so that the agents can be out in the field doing the heroic work that is their fundamental mission. The White House leaning on Mexico to do more to help to reduce the number of migrants showing up at the southern border. Texas Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar says he can't do this without their help. Stopping them from coming in from Guatemala and working with Guatemala and the other countries will be one of the most effective things that we can do. Border funding has been caught up for a while. It's in a debate over aid to Israel and Ukraine. Meanwhile, border encounters are reaching all-time highs. There's a technical problem now with a new lunar lander that launched from Cape Canaveral on Monday. At first, everything with the Peregrine lunar lander was going fine. It separated from the new Vulcan rocket, started receiving data from NASA's Deep Space Network, and avionics systems for thermal propulsion and power controllers all worked fine. But it failed to position itself facing the sun, and that is needed for solar power collection. Engineers from Pittsburgh-based Astrobotic are still troubleshooting the issues. I'm Rory O'Neill. WABC News Time 522 Secretary of State Antony Blinken continues his latest trip through the Middle East as he tries to prevent the Israel-Hamas war from escalating in just a broader conflict. After meetings with the ruler of Abu Dhabi and the Saudi crown prince, Blinken says they agreed to work together. To help Gaza stabilize and recover to chart a political path forward for the Palestinians and 
to work toward long-term peace. Blinken is in Israel for talks now. He's also scheduled to stop in the West Bank. It's Blinken's fourth visit to the region since the October 7th massacre uh, in Israel. As uh, In three months then, he says, estimated nearly 23,000 people have been killed in that ongoing war. The leaders we spend time with are prepared to make the necessary commitments, to make the hard decisions, to advance all of these objectives. I will press on the absolute imperative to do more to protect civilians and to do more to make sure that humanitarian assistance is getting into the hands of those who need it. 523, Russia unleashing a large-scale missile attack across Ukraine during the early morning hours of Monday, striking residential buildings, industrial facilities. In Kiev, Megumi Lim says at least one person was killed, more than 30 wounded. The regional governor of the Dnipropetrovsk region, which was one of the hardest hit, said a woman was killed and 25 wounded, including five children. One shopping mall, more than 20 houses, three administrative buildings and two gas stations were damaged, the governor said. The attack comes days after Russia unleashed 500 missiles and drones against Ukraine over a five-day window during the year-end and New Year holiday period. Megumi Lim, Kiev. In France, French President Emmanuel Macron has called for people to do at least 30 minutes of exercise a day. In Paris, Ross Collins says it's part of a policy drive before the summer's Paris Olympics. The French president posted a video on X and Instagram on Monday calling on people to try to do at least 30 minutes of exercise a day. President Macron was wearing sports kit with a pair of boxing gloves and standing next to a punch bag in a gym for the video. He said that we have a great national cause this year. It's sport. I invite you to do at least 30 minutes of sport every day. I hope for more if you can. Ross Cullen, Paris. Pope Francis calling for a global ban on surrogacy now. In prepared remarks Monday, the leader of the Catholic Church described the practice of surrogate motherhood as deplorable. He said a child should not be turned into an object of trafficking and that he considers the practice a grave violation of the dignity of the woman and the child. Francis added that children shouldn't be the basis of a commercial contract. In 2022, Francis said surrogacy exploits women, especially poor women, and that children are treated as commodities. I'm Lisa Taylor. In the next couple of days and weeks or so, those big holiday credit card bills will soon be hitting your mailbox or more likely your email box. That's inspiring some to go on a financial diet, which experts say is never very easy. Well, just remember the same amount of money buys less than it did just months ago. Uh, so paychecks don't go as far. Jason Meza there with the Better Business Bureau says now's a good time to take a look at all your subscriptions, cancel the ones you don't use as much, and for the rest, he says, ask to see if there's a better rate. Canceling subscriptions that you're not really maximizing and just watch for what's called shrinkflation. That's a real deal. Try to, you know, get a better rate for things, insurance, cable bills, memberships, credit card interest. It's always good to ask because sometimes when you ask, you do get a better deal. That man who went viral for leaping over a Las Vegas judge's bench last week and attacking her, going to spend four years behind bars now. Deoba Redden once again appeared before Clark County District Court Judge Mary Kay Holtis Monday to continue last week's sentencing hearing for an unrelated case. Redden attacked Holtus after she rejected his request for probation for a baseball bat attack last year. Holtus said Redden's actions last week did not factor into the sentence handed down Monday. Redden is set to return to court Tuesday to face the new charges for his attack on the judge. I'm Lisa Taylor. The Great White Way could soon be turning a little purple. Prince's 1984 Purple Rain is expected to be adapted for a stage musical. (laughs) 
The original film raked in almost $100 million at the global box office, while Prince and the Revolution's soundtrack was the number one album on the Billboard 200 charts for 24 weeks that year. The producers of the play say they can't wait for a new generation of Americans to discover Purple Rain. The opening bell, it rings this morning on Wall Street after stocks close higher to start the new week. A rally in tech stocks helped boost markets with NVIDIA hitting an all-time high. All three major averages posted gains despite a sell-off in Boeing shares weighing on sentiment in early trading. At the closing bell, though, the Dow gained 216 points. S&P 500 rose 66. The Nasdaq climbed 319 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 9th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain on and off throughout this day. Some high winds roll in this afternoon, 25 to 30. 35 miles per hour here in the city, higher along the shore. The high today going to be 47. And then tonight and overnight, more rain, more high winds, the low 48. And then Wednesday, we're going to see morning showers. Wind gusts could be as high as 40 miles per hour here in the city. The sun will reappear, but it won't be until the afternoon high 52. Of course, flood watch is up all across the tri-state. We're going to get into that as the morning wears on. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 28 and cloudy in Rockville Center out on Long Island, 27 and cloudy in Perth Amboy down in New Jersey, and it is 33 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour out in Queens with a just a tragic story. Two people believed to be a mother and son killed in a house fire in Queens last night. This was in South Jamaica. This 60-year-old son was able to race out of his mother's home about 6 o'clock last night. He instantly realized that his 86-year-old mother was back in the house, and he ran back in to try and save her. That man was brave to went back inside to help his mom, but he never made it. That's sad. He never came out. His mom never came out either, and... Uh... I, later on, I saw they took two bodies from the house. Yeah, firefighters racing to the scene. They found two people dead inside the home. It was the 61-year-old man and his 86-year-old mother. We very quickly located two occupants on the second floor of the house. They were quickly removed from the structure. Uh, we uh, began medical intervention. Unfortunately, both of those individuals uh, expired on scene. I mean, you can't blame the son for running back in. But the amazing part is firefighters were on the scene of this house in South Jamaica in two and a half minutes. I mean, really quickly. And um, their warning always is, is just wait till they arrive. The recommendation is always once you safely get out of the house, never return. Yeah, one firefighter suffered minor injuries in that place. It's not clear what started at all. Did you see these uh, pro-Palestinian protesters once again? wreaking havoc on New York commuters, traffic moving at a snail's pace as drivers tried to get out of lower Manhattan as people tried to cross the Brooklyn Bridge. These pro-Palestinian protesters blocking their way. It has other ways to go about it, doing it, not blocking everybody. You're just causing traffic for no reason. 
there must be a, a better way to do what it is you need to do and to get your point across. You, they, they should stop doing these things because it's, 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 it's not really good for anybody. Yeah, it was just driving drivers crazy. It was the Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Williamsburg Bridge that they shut down. Also, the entrance to the Holland Tunnel on the New York City side. I believe in the right to protest, but I'm frustrated. Go to the park. You're stopping everybody else from doing what they need to do. It's not my fault that they're going to raise whatever it is they're going to raise. Um, super late. <laughs> Mayor Adams acknowledging the drivers, uh, dis- or rather the uh, protesters, disrupted those drivers at his press conference yesterday. The right to protest does not give one the right to block bridges and tunnels, as we saw this morning. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis from Staten Island calling on the mayor and the NYPD to take more forceful action against these protesters when they show up again. That taking place on the same day that the Port Authority raised tolls, so drivers were already pretty unhappy. It's uh, ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It's almost impossible to be a New Yorker these days anymore. Maybe they want me to move to Antarctica or something. I feel like that is uh, a travesty, especially in the times that we're in today. I wonder what the tolls are in Antarctica. On Sunday, tolls went up six. 63 cents for drivers using the Lincoln and Holland tunnels. We figured that that was about 151 bucks a year. Them going up extra is just inflation, extra inflation, and it's unnecessary. It's bananas, and they should. Uh, the officials need to make a higher paycheck. I don't understand what's going on. WABC News Time 535. Let's go up to Westchester. Westchester County Executive George Latimer speaking out about the troubling anti-Semitic remarks were made at a high school girls basketball game in Yonkers last week. It was a Yonkers team playing against a school from a Jewish school. Latimer says uh, city, county and state officials are all involved in the investigation as to what took place. We've been very clear as a county government that we ta- we do not tolerate hatred under any circumstances. We do not tolerate anti-Semitism or racism, anti-Hispanic, anti-Asian, anti-LGBTQ community. He apparently was pretty intense. Latimer says players... At Roosevelt High in Yonkers apparently used a lot of anti-Jewish chants in an effort to intimidate the players from the LaFell School, which is a private Jewish school in Hartsdale. He says fans may have been involved as well. There is an investigation ongoing. It involves our county human rights commission, as well as those from Yonkers, those from the state uh, uh, board of uh, regents. And here's where he's doing eventually the right thing. He's going to bring the two schools together to see if they can solve this. So we've taken some proactive steps and uh, we are working through our Human Rights Commission and the Westchester County Youth Bureau on a, a program that will open some dialogue uh, and promote some understanding and discussion. WABC News Time 539 telling you about this incident that took place when Roosevelt High took on a private Jewish school in a girls basketball gla- game last week. The players of Roosevelt High yelling anti-Semitic uh, things at the girls player, uh, apparently uh, also being pretty intense on the court with shoving and that kind of thing. At some point during the third quarter, the game was called off and Roosevelt High was forced to forfeit the game. The coach of that team, Brian Williams, giving an exclusive interview to News 12 last night where he says he wants people to know he's not anti-Semitic and this is not the kind of thing he would let happen on his basketball team. It puts me in a bad light and, and makes people think that don't know me think that I'm a monster or I don't like Jewish people or I can't um, um, navigate in a multicultural world, and that's a lie. 
a total lie. Brian Williams was in his third year as the coach of the team after retiring from a nearly 30-year career as a corrections officer. He says he believes he's being scapegoated by the school district so that someone's held responsible for what took place during that basketball game. I don't condone that at all. And and players of mine and, and people that know me know I don't believe in that. I had nothing to do with it. I just coach my team. And I can't control what somebody says on the court. Um, and most coaches can't. School district says it continues its investigation. They say there'll be punishments handed down to some of the women on that basketball team. Out to Long Island, where a masonry company worker killed in a construction accident. The worker was installing cesspool rings at a home on Piper Lane in the village of Head of the Harbor. When the accident took place, this was about 2.30 yesterday, after the worker entered a hole to level a cesspool ring. The excavated dirt just collapsed in and buried him. There's a worker that was buried under soil, and it's an active scene. It was a septic tank being installed on the site, and it was a collapse of soil. Suffolk County rescue crews just racing to the scene to try to search for this worker's body found at the bottom of the hole after about five hours of searching the worker identified as Loro Pacheco, a 38-year-old from Bayshore. OSHA is investigating now. Starting today, New York City will begin enforcement of the 60-day limit. Migrant families are allowed to stay in shelters. Deputy Mayor Ann Williams-Isom says this will create more room as migrants keep arriving in New York, some 4000 a month, by the way. We're running out of space, we're running out of personnel, and we certainly are running out of funds. And so we really have to move from an emergency to managing this in the way that makes sense. Migrants are allowed to reapply for shelter. Opponents say this may mean migrant families living on the streets and migrant children being disrupted in school. But Mayor pushing back against that yesterday, saying the families will be taken care of and that none of them will end up on the street. This is not going to be a city where we're going to place children and families uh, on the street and have them sleep on the street. That is not going to happen. So this 60-day limit put in place because, well, the city has just run out of room to shelter these migrants. After these are before the end of the 60 days, the mayor says that workers go in, talk with these families, ask them if they have family elsewhere in New York City or around the country where they can go move in with them. And the city, uh, if they do, the city will provide them with tickets and transportation to get to wherever that is. Apparently, the people being moved out of this row hotel on the west side today, it's about 40 families. They wouldn't tell us how many are actually leaving New York, but a good number of them are. The rest of them, they say, they'll leave in the area because their kids are already in school and they don't want to disrupt the school. Uh, there was a, a, a protest yesterday by some of these migrant families uh, who say they aren't being treated right. Trauma on top of trauma. 60 days will also increase the amount of trauma our New York City kids will face. It's not right. Call it out. It's not right. That city councilwoman, Rita Joseph, who was worried that the kids will be separated from the school. The city also says that's not going to happen, that these migrant families who do stay in New York and are being paid for by the city will still be near the schools their kids are in. These are folks with children, with young children who are budgeted to be in our system who are in schools right now. The only one who will, the only people who are breaking the law is this administration. Our youngest New Yorkers, those who are here to seek a better life, 
with their families should not be a political pawn in this administration. The children who will be kicked out are the very future of the city. Again, the city hall pushing back against that notion yesterday, saying that none of these families will end up on the streets. A bizarre moment at Mayor Adams' press conference yesterday, once a week, usually on Tuesday, yesterday it was on Monday, he holds a Q&A with reporters. Just one day a week that the reporters are allowed to ask questions. And there was this moment where uh, this reporter from the AP spoke up and said he wanted to know if it was true that Mayor Adams had fired a gun at a school when he was a boy and that gun almost hit one of his friends. That's the story that's told in a book that uh, Mayor Adams wrote and published 15 years ago. Uh, In the book's passage, it describes a moment when he claims to point a toy gun at his friends and pulls the trigger only to find that a real round is just charged from the gun. No one was hurt, according to the story, that apparently Mayor Adams authored this book. But when Mayor Adams was asked about this yesterday, he said it wasn't true. I, didn't, I never fired. No, I never. Yeah, no, you got to grab it. i read it. Um, I never fired a gun in school. pointed what I thought was a toy gun at my group of friends and pulled the trigger around discharged. And only by the grace of God and my poor aim did the bullet miss my friend. You said it fired in school. I believe this was in a school. I think the person who, the co-author of the book, may have misunderstood the exact. Someone, there was an incident in school with someone pointed a, they thought it was a toy gun, and they may have misunderstood that that book never got into print because we never went through the proofreading aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, the AP pu- reporter pushing back against that. Uh, awfully interesting, his response to all that. 545 now. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Here's Justin Allen. Thank you, Noah Maladen. Start here on the gridiron at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas, where Blake Corum ran for 134 yards and two fourth-quarter touchdowns as Jim Harbaugh and number one Michigan on Deterred by those suspensions and a sign-stealing case that shattered the program, completed a three-year climb to a national championship by beating number 2 Washington 34-13 last night in the college football playoff title game. The Wolverines sealed their first national title since 97 when Corum, who scored the winning touchdown in overtime to beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl semifinal, blasted in from the one-yard line with three and a half minutes left to put Michigan up by 21 and all but steal the victory. After nine seasons coaching his alma mater and in his third consecutive playoff appearance, Harbaugh delivered that elusive title so many expected when he took over the struggling powerhouse in 2015, despite missing six regular season games this season while serving those aforementioned suspensions. Michigan ran for 303 yards against Washington, and their defense held Michael Penix Jr. and the Huskies' prolific passing game to just one touchdown while intercepting the Heisman Trophy runner-up twice. Penix's remarkable six-year college career ended with maybe his worst performance of the season, usually unfazed by pressure. He was not nearly as precise against the Michigan defense that took away his signature deep throws. He finished 27 for 51 for 255 yards and a touchdown. Uh, congratulations to the University of Michigan. 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 Your Wolverines are the... Uh, 20- Go Michigan. Yeah, are the 2023-2024 college football national uh, champions. On the ice at the Garden, the Rangers returned to action only to get doubled up by the Vancouver Canucks 6-3. Vincent Trocek. Had two goals, and Artemi Panarin also scored for the Rangers, who lost their second straight for just the second time this season. Alexi Lafreniere had two assists as well. The Rangers were coming off a 4-3 shootout loss at Montreal on Saturday. Their only previous consecutive losses were December 5th and December 9th when they fell on the road to Ottawa and Washington, respectively. They'll have a couple of off days uh, to mull over the losses until returning to the ice on Thursday night in St. Louis. 
Tonight, it'll be the Islanders' turn to take a swipe at the aforementioned Canucks. That puck will drop at 7.30 p.m. tonight in Elmont. In the NBA, no local action last night, but the Knicks will be back at it tonight for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off at the Garden against the Portland Trailblazers. That's Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. All right, let's get you up on the big stories of the morning. The biggest one is the storm system that is moving in today, a flood watch up for parts of the tri-state with yet another winter storm about to hit us. This time, it'll be heavy rain, no snow. We could see between two to four inches of rain. Points north and west where there's already a heavy snowpack, they could see rivers and streams crest above flood stage. That's one of the biggest worries. Winds could get as high as 60 miles per hour along the coast. That's the other worry. Checking in with the National Weather Service, meteorologist Dominic Ramuni telling us when we can expect the worst of the storm. I think once we get past that, maybe that 9 p.m. hour uh, into the early overnight, that's when we'll see the peak of the uh, wind as well. As far as uh, the heavy rain, uh, strong winds, perhaps gusts, like I mentioned, 50 to 60 miles an hour along the coast, uh, really going to be... uh, rocking and rolling out there tomorrow evening. Yeah, Dominic really worried about these winds, of course, knocking out power. So scattered down trees, uh, power lines could certainly lead to power outages uh, on top of the potential for flooding. And that flooding would happen a couple days later as those rivers rise. We saw that in North Jersey right before Christmas. As rain flows are, are running fairly high and you throw two to three inches on top of that. Uh, perhaps locally four inches of rain through Wednesday morning. We're probably going to be dealing with some flood issues as we go through uh, tomorrow evening and into Wednesday as well. Mayor Adams issuing a travel advisory ahead of all this bad weather. We're issuing a travel advisory beginning tomorrow night, and we have activated the city's flash flood emergency plan. Yeah, we were watching on city crews busy clearing some 150,000 catch basins that are prone to flooding, especially during heavy rains. Transit officials watching the weather, especially after heavy rain in the Bronx in late September shut down Metro North for a while. MTA ready to order restrictions on bridges if necessary due to the high winds. Governor Hochul holding a press conference too saying she's worried about the flash flooding all across New York. This will be an emergency. It will be serious. And we're urging all New Yorkers to exercise extreme caution at this time. She says now's the time to prepare for the storm. I've said before the vast majority of deaths during extreme flooding events come from individuals stuck in their cars. If you live in an area that typically floods, and much of our state is in flood zones, take some time to put together a go bag. And over in New Jersey, Governor Murphy says a state of emergency will go into effect 5 o'clock today ahead of the heavy rain forecast. Uh, Last until Wednesday, he had a press conference yesterday. We've seen with Ida and other storms that a lot of rain, high winds, and flooding can cause not just a lot of damage, but put lives at risk. Of course, he's really worried about North Jersey. You'll remember where the flooding was really bad in Passaic, in Raritan uh, rivers, the uh, cresting uh, last uh, month, uh, causing all kinds of flooding in North Jersey. He's urging people, of course, to get ready. I would just say this is one I would strongly, strongly, strongly encourage folks to not uh, underestimate. Some of our rivers may reach a moderate or major flood stage and will remain elevated through the week, which is why we are even more concerned about Friday and Sunday than we otherwise would have been. Of course, he's warning people, you know, out driving, not to try to get through floodwaters. We see this happen all the time. Cars can be swept away, and it happens in an instant, and sadly, we saw it, including loss of life during Ida. 
And the poor people in these towns near these rivers, I mean, just the fact that they're getting hit again just weeks after they were hit so hard. Little Falls Mayor James DeMeo, hopeful that local river banks can sustain the heavy rain. Everybody's on high alert. There's certainly more concern in the atmosphere here in town. Uh, of course, we're hoping for the best, but we're being absolutely prepared for the worst. And here's some of the neighbors that got flooded out in Little Falls, saying we can't believe the Passaic River might spill its banks again. So I picked up some groceries here, yeah, just to ensure that we do have enough that can get us we're getting ready because uh, we don't know. We already had the flood. So residents that still have no powers on those houses, and where are we going to put them? Yeah, Fairfield, uh, they got hammered last time, too. So yesterday, the uh, town had sand out and sandbags so you could load them into your cars. And there was people out there with shovels filling up bags, making sure they're ready for whatever comes. This time we'll be more prepared. Last time we didn't even come here for the sandbags. These past couple of weeks, flooding has been crazy. I've lived there since 2015. So now we're getting sandbags and trying to protect the house. As last time, we it was a close call. Christmas Eve, we were about one inch off of our, our subfloor. Yeah, there's a lot of people filling up sandbags yesterday say thankfully they did because it did save some of their house. The latest predictions we have, they're talking about 21.9 feet. Which She's talking about the Passaic River crest. Be higher than we were in December. We were at 21.52. A couple of times this few years, it's come halfway up my driveway. I'd rather have them and not need them than need them and not have them. And, of course, the question is in some of these towns is why don't these people move out when there's been flooding so regularly there now? Of course, they have a hard time because they have to sell their house to buy another one, and people aren't anxious to buy a house in a flood zone now. Not everybody can just simply sell their house, pick up, and move. I mean, it sounds easy, but you talk to homeowners, nobody can do that. Yeah, and in Patterson, they also got hammered in December. The mayor there, Andre Sayas, says he's worried about the rain and the flooding, and he's getting prepared. We are preparing the barricades to close off the streets, so they've been loaded onto DPW trucks, trucks, Department of Public Works. We also have our swift boats ready for rescue operations in the event we have to rescue residents. Okay, so here's what we know, and here's what you need to know. A flood watch has been issued for New Jersey and parts of New York ahead of this storm that'll begin later today and last until early Wednesday. Actually, by Wednesday afternoon, the sun's going to be out. But in the meantime, the combination of two to four inches of rain along with the saturated ground and that melting snowpack in some places could mean for widespread flooding. There's also a high wind watch for Brooklyn, Queens, and Long Island and the Jersey Shore. So they're expecting down trees and power. Power outages in these areas as wind gusts could be as high as 40 to 60 miles an hour between now and tomorrow morning. Of course, keep it here, 77 WABC for the latest. And we'll end on a high note. A good Samaritan who helped a stranger in the subway a few years ago is now in need of help himself as he battles a failing kidney. Juan Peter says he needs an angel to step in and save his life. I need an angel right now. I need an angel. I lost my right kidney. It has no function whatsoever. And my left kidney is under 12%. So it was Peters, who was an angel, came to the aid of a woman who had been slashed in the face in the subway. This was 2017. He was aboard a five train pulling into the station when a woman began stabbing this other woman, Anna Martinez. Peters pulled the deranged attacker off her. Martinez was severely injured. At the time, she uh, thanked him for what he had done. I just want to say thank you so much for being there. 
because he doesn't know me, but he was there. So now the tables have turned, though. Peters needs a new kidney, but no one in his inner circle, unfortunately, is a match. So now he's appealing to us to help save him. They need their daddy. I have to try to keep 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 it going, keep the engine running, even though there's hardly nothing in the tank. It's not really, really, really about me. If I was just me, I would just go through the dialysis and let it lead me where it leads me to, but... Right now, I have a lot at stake with helping others. So you can help Peters out. You can contact the Center for Living Organ Donors, uh, the Yale New Haven uh, Transplantation Center. Their number is uh, 866-925-3897 to see if you're matched. Or you can find them online. That's easier. YNHH.org. And you can help Juan Peters out.